Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. With the holidays just around the corner, now is the time to order holiday cards for family and friends. Only this year, why not create custom holiday photo cards quickly, easily, and affordably at simplytoimpress.com. Simplytoimpress.com is your holiday photo card headquarters with thousands of unique Christmas cards and other designs to choose from. All you do is upload your family photos, personalize the text, and you're done. Simplytoimpress.com prints your cards on your choice of premium card stock in just a few days and rushes them straight to your door. Maybe that's why the New York Times wire cutter named Simply to Impress their favorite photo card service. They even offer foil cards and hundreds of great holiday card designs for your business, too. Place your order today to save 30% and get free shipping. Just enter promo code DEAL at checkout. Save big on holiday photo cards today using promo code DEAL at simplytoimpress.com. That's simplytoimpress.com. We had, a, we had a big one with Sahito last time. We're going to have to up the ante this yep. time around. It'll be hard to match, that's for sure. Uh, so you, you you watched Fight Night, right? Fight Night, UFC Fight Night. Last weekend it was Smith and uh, Clark. You said you didn't watch it, but you did go back and watch it because Tyson was uh, uh, kicking the yeah. snot out of Roy Jones Jr., which we'll get into later. But how was Fight Night? Yeah, when I went back and watched it, I actually... So the main event happened after... Uh, the Tyson versus Jones card finished. So I actually was able to watch uh, Smith versus Clark live. And, uh, you know, I thought Anthony Smith looked back to where Anthony Smith should be. Um, obviously, he lost his last two fights. Um, you know, and coming from a tight, title bout with John Jones, uh, he was on a complete up climb, you know, and he was looking great finishing people. And then, you know, after he lost to Jones, he, he lost twice more in kind of crappy fashion. You know, it just didn't quite look like Anthony Smith. And, uh, you know, he picked up a first uh, first round submission over Clark. And Clark's obviously a good fighter. He's very dangerous. And um, he made pretty fast work out of him and looked like the old Anthony Smith. So that was good to see. And uh, I know he had a great mindset after the fight as well. He kind of said, look, I'm not chasing what's going to get me to the title. I'm just going to fight who they put in front of me. And then, you know, after I do that, then I'll see where I'm at, you know? And he kind of mentioned, uh, Paul Craig, um, who fought not long ago. And that would be actually a great matchup. And, uh, you know, there's a bunch of other fighters for him. When you take a look at, uh, the late heavyweight division, um, He's number six. I mean, that's going to change Tuesday. Possibly could just stay the same. But um, Paul Craig, also Jimmy Crute. I think Jimmy Crute is a dark horse in the light heavyweight division and could be a very dangerous fight for uh, Anthony Smith, but also a big test for Jimmy Crute. But, you know, you take a look at, you know, 12 or below, and I think that those are great fights. Um for Anthony Smith, and once he can beat a couple, maybe throw him back into the top five mix, you know? I mean, what, he's had 50-plus fights now? 
in MMA. I mean, 34 wins. That's that, that's an outstanding yeah. resume when you look at it from from a distance. I mean, Devin Clark's gonna have his fair share of fights leading up. That's what his fifth loss, 12 and five now. But Anthony yeah. Smith. He really didn't have anything to lose in that fight. He, he's a veteran, like you said, picks up that win, and now he, he basically has all hands on deck moving forward. Yeah, you know, I think he did what he was supposed to do to the kind of fighter that he was fighting and uh, kind of went out there like it, you know, went out there and just fought, did his thing, and uh, wasn't really too concerned like it's liver, you know, win or die. You know, I think he just went out there and tried to do what he could, and he obviously found success. Um and I think he's got a good mindset now, you know. I think he's not crazy about, yes, he wants to get back to the title, but I don't think he's crazy and obsessed over getting it instantly. And I think, you know, just fight the guys who he's lined up against, you know. Who do you, what do you think of Miguel Beza? Because he's 10-0 and now. He, he seems like a young rising star. Yeah, I mean, great performance. And obviously, uh, Takashi Soto has a lot of power. Yeah. And, uh, you got to be careful, but obviously... He worked it, and he got it. Uh, he got the fight to the ground, and when he did so, uh, he controlled the fight for not that long because he got the submission, you know, and um, arm triangle, got the fight win. I, I pretty impressive. And when you got a guy who's undefeated like that, and I know we've talked about it on the podcast before. You know, those guys are carrying a crazy amount of confidence, and that confidence can take you places, obviously, you know, because you're not fearing anything that has led to a loss before. So it should be interesting to see where that kind of takes him, and especially in such a stacked welterweight division. So, But I thought it was a great performance. And obviously, Soto is very dangerous. So it proved a good amount in Bieza. Did you have Soto in that fight? Because this what was no, the welterweight coming Bieza. event. Uh, really? I was, I, yeah, I was even so busy that I didn't post my picks. But I had Bieza. And the crazy thing is, is I had him by round two submission. So uh, it was nice. It was nice. I got a, a lot of points on verdict. I actually got um, I got in the top 10 percentage uh, of points out of everyone um, who plays verdict, which was kind of cool. You get a belt. You know, if you if you take a look at the app, it's kind of Promote MMA verdict right now. It's free. Yeah. It is free on the Apple Store. Click it on your yeah, phone. Great app, um, very fun, and you know what? You score every round, and they actually did a great thing. Um, and you'll we'll talk about it later, but they actually were very uh, involved in Tyson versus Jones uh, promoting the global scorecard for Burt. So, and and it's gonna eventually, I think, really start to take over uh, and help judge the score. Uh, you know decisions and scorecards and whatnot just because of in the past you know there's been some really bad uh, decisions that have come out uh, of judges scorecards um and a, and, a, and a global scorecard might not be the perfect answer but it's definitely going to help move to a better direction uh and make decisions so it should be interesting to see where that goes but also it's a cool thing because you can see how the world's scoring fights uh while you're scoring them on Verdict. So go check that out. If you're listening, it's a great app. Um, very fun, too. And you, you you can tell that we're telling the truth because none of us sponsor MMA Verdict. Not not even the yeah. MMA Mike podcast. You know who could no, use... I, ha- I, I have talked to them a little bit about it. They said that they would help, uh, you know, if I make a little clip or something, they'd share it. So we'll see. 
We'll keep you posted. Stay tuned, yeah. as the kids say. Yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah. how, you know who could use verdict? The boxing world, because I know it was a promotional fight for charity. But Mike Tyson, Iron Mike Tyson's return to the boxing ring, twenty plus years uh, out of it against Roy Jones Jr. ended in a draw, and it kind of seemed like it was more about promoting other aspects besides the fight than a the actual fight itself. Because they promoted this for what six plus months? How long have we been talking about this fight since since the summer, right? Yeah, we've been talking about the summer. I mean, I think it was in the talks that Tyson was going to come back even earlier and then they found out the opponent in the summer and uh or maybe we were talking about who he was gonna fight in the summer but yeah we've been talking about this for a while and um yeah i mean i i didn't like i told you before i didn't quite realize that they weren't gonna announce a winner very clearly uh if it, i guess if it went to decision or whatnot um but yeah uh obviously that was not a draw 100 percent was not a draw um, I had Tyson winning every round. Maybe you can make the argument that Jones won two, two rounds. Uh, and I think it was round six and seven that I gave to him. I think uh, that you can make the argument. I, I truly believe that Tyson won all the rounds. And on the verdict global scorecard, Tyson won every round. Yeah, Tyson was a three to one odds after round seven. And it, and it was obvious that he was toying with Roy Jones towards the end because Roy Jones just did not look in shape at all. You know, you, like you would say both of them 50-plus age, I get it, but at the same time, yeah. Mike Tyson still looked respectable in the ring. Roy Jones did not. Well, you know, I think that had a little bit to do with you need a move against Tyson. You can't stay in front of him, otherwise you're going to be a punching bag and you're going down. And I think Jones knew that and knew he had a move. And I think he just wasn't quite prepared for how much he needed to move. I think once he started getting hit with those body shots, he was like, wow, I, I can't even stay in as long as I want to. I got to really move even more than I plan. And I think that's what really tired him out. And another thing is, in the beginning of the fight, even carried through most of the fight, Jones was trying to just hold on to Tyson. And that's because he couldn't, how much more was he going to move? Otherwise, he's going to get even more exhausted or he was going to get hit. So uh, I really think just the skill of Tyson caused that. Now, I think that kind of caused Tyson not to be able to perform to his maximum uh, capability. But I thought Tyson looked phenomenal. And I thought Jones looked relatively okay for a 51-year-old. You know, we got to remember that they're... <laughs> Old oh, trust me, up. nobody forgot that they were 51 and 54 years old. Yeah. I mean, they looked it. They did look it, but they looked in great shape. Uh, I just thought Tyson really looked good, to be honest with you. Really good, and um, good considering how Jones had a fight against him and how he had to kind of restrict Tyson, and, and great on Jones' part to survive, really. It, you know, I almost, I said it. I think around like round three after he kept holding on, you know, in the clinch and stuff. And I'm like, his goal now is just to survive the rest of the fight. But he was not trying to win, I don't think. He was just trying not to get rocked. Um, but, you know, like we said before, we were going to see how Tyson looked, what form of Tyson we were going to get, which could lead to him, what's next for him, you know? And I don't believe fighting young guys is, is 
what should be in his future. I think if he can continue to fight older, uh, older maybe retired fighters or maybe fighters way at the end of their career, uh, I'd say no younger than 45, 46, 47, no younger than that range at all. And um, I think he should just fight, you know, older fighters. And obviously, like we said, you know, they called this a draw. This was for more so the entertainment aspect. I think it was get some more eyes on boxing, you know, maybe get a little bit of a younger crowd on eyes on boxing, especially, you know, when we start talking about Robinson versus Paul, that obviously brings a little bit of a different crowd and, you know, maybe some more attention towards boxing, uh, which could be argued that, you know, it's kind of dying out slowly, slowly, not quite yet. I mean, a lot of money is in boxing, but, you know, you look at UFC and a lot of these up and coming fighting companies and what they're doing, you know, they're starting to take over a little bit. So I think this entertainment aspect um, is good for boxing. And also I think they could use Tyson for the future, definitely. But as a fan and as a guy looking at an older fighter, I'd rather just see him fight older fighters. I, I don't want to see him go and fight the younger guy just because, yes, he's Mike Tyson, but he's also older. He's also 54 years old. I mean, did you hear that he, he, he smoked before he actually fought on, on Saturday yeah. night? That's interesting yeah. because he said that he cut out marijuana entirely uh, when he was talking to Joe I Rogan a few months ago. Yeah. Uh, when he was yeah. training, when obviously going from what he was at the beginning of the year, a total snack pack to uh, turning back the clock 15 years to what he looks like now. But it's just shocking that you, you train your ass off for seven plus months for this fight. And then the day of like an hour before uh, you, you smoke up before your first fight in nearly 20 years. I know. And it's crazy. And I think I, I you know, I'm not really 100 percent sure the whole thing with the Rogan, maybe he was telling the truth up until that point, And then afterwards he started smoking. You know what I mean? I'm not, cause I don't see why he'd lie. You know what I mean? Um, maybe there's a little buffer point, you know what I'm saying? But I do think that smoking has just been a, a part of his life. You know what I mean? Obviously his attitude and mindset has changed and, uh, marijuana has helped him just become, I think a calmer and better person, even, it sounds like that in his own words. Um, so I think why change that really, you know, and maybe he feels like it's just better, especially when he gets in that fighting mode where, you know, he feels the way he feels and, and feels like he's on top of the world and he could kind of get crazy. I think maybe that, that marijuana is his reset, you know, cools him off, doesn't allow him to get like crazy Mike Tyson that put him in jail and, gave him other problems you know what i mean um and i also think that a big thing is also the money and obviously we know that he donated it uh to charity and i think that's a big thing too i think you know the marijuana kind of chills him out and i think you know not having all that money um to do crazy things uh also kind of can help him as well so um you know interesting and but also a new Yeah, I mean, just just the idea of getting high, though, before a fight like that, especially at 54 years old, and I agree with you, like, I don't see him getting in the ring with anybody less than 45, 46 years old, because could you imagine him getting high before a big fight against a Tyson Fury or someone of that nature, a 25-year-old kid who just can knock his lights out and nearly end his life? Yeah, 
Well, you know, I don't, I mean, if he's training with it and it's just a part of his life, I, you know, I think you almost just get used to it and it becomes kind of a normal for you. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think it's like if you're just a sober guy and then all of a sudden you go, you go smoke, I think that would completely throw you off. But like I said, I think it's just become so much of him that it's like it would almost be off not to, especially if you train like that too, you know? Um, I know, you know, some jiu-jitsu tournaments and stuff in certain areas, they actually require you to smoke to enter um, and to compete while high, which is interesting. Um, but I guess it's all preference on the fighters. I mean, I know you have, uh, Dana White in a press conference uh, was saying that he's trying to get those laws kind of less strict. Uh, he, and he said, obviously, you can't let the fighters go into the octagon high. You just can't because of the safety precautions. But uh, out of fighting, out of competing, just regular drug tests, let ease up on it, you know. And and uh, I feel like, you know, fighters use it for different reasons. And if it can help benefit them, why not? You know, why be super strict? I mean, that's a totally different ballgame when talking about UFC. Could you imagine someone smoking up before stepping into the octagon? I mean, holy shit. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is much different. But then again, you get a guy like the Diaz brothers and who smoke all the time and, and train high and everything. I mean, it's probably not much different than their everyday, right? I mean, it's a, it's a weird thing to talk about because I guess we're not doing it in training, so we don't 100% know. But... Um, it's a weird, weird talk, you know? And uh, George Foreman actually thinks that Mike Tyson has another shot at the heavyweight title if he wants it. Which, she's probably the only one that envisions that. That's... I, I, see, I just see it as a stretch. You know, like, when I watch him fight, and I think about him against, you know, Tyson Fury, I'm like, wow, like, Fury's obviously much larger he's taller and i think a little bit heavier and he's just younger not that tyson i think couldn't compete well i just think he's just too old and he's got a little bit of a different mindset you know i definitely think he still has tyson thoughts but i don't think he's quite like that old ferocious crazy mind you know what i mean like i think in between one of the rounds and maybe if you take away his weed well, that's a thing. Maybe that does a little <laughs> bit different. And but I also think Tyson's mind is just a little bit changed now. You know, yeah. just a little bit. But. I mean, I, I wonder. I wonder what uh, changed for him going from as crazy as he was to being as laid back as he was in retirement. To, to the point where he completely let himself go. He's smoking all the time, even to the point where he has a hot boxing podcast available on Apple Podcasts, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to the point where now he's as viciously uh, methodic again to where he's mentally just enraged to the point where he gets back into the shape that he is in now, but at the same time is able to maintain some of that calmness and kind of bring both of those together and kind of mesh both attitudes that he had from 15 years ago 
to the present day and compete at the level that he did on Saturday night while actually allowing it to go to a draw. Which is interesting, because I think if he was the Mike Tyson mentally from 15 years ago, obviously he can't turn back the clock physically, even though he's in probably the best shape of his life. Um, if he can turn back the clock mentally, you know, 15 years ago, what it was 15 years ago, I think he could contend for a heavyweight title sometime down the road. It, it would still be many fights down the road. He still has to prove himself against viable talent, and it would have to be young talent in order for him to do that. He can't just keep beating up on 45-year-olds all the time like poor Roy Jones Jr. I, I think at one point Mike Tyson even said, like, yeah, this is better promotion, this draw for, for the next time we fight, and Roy Jones Jr. had a look on his face as like, we ain't ever fighting again, dude. We are never fighting again. But Mike Tyson, if he has that same gorilla-like mentality that he had 15 years ago, why not? I could see it happening. I agree with George Foreman 100% if that's the case. But I don't think that's going to be the case of him fighting, uh, you know, 25-year-old new guys. You hit it right on the head there. Um, and I think it's gone. I think that kind of old mindset of Tyson's gone. Reason being is you throw him in the, in the ring and you're going to see his mindset. And I think in one of the... One of the rounds after the rounds, or maybe mid-round, they thought that he kind of hit uh, Jones low, and I, he kind of hugged him, like, you know, I'm sorry. That ain't old Tyson. No. You know, that ain't old Tyson at all, and I think if you were going to see old Tyson, you were going to see it while Tyson's fighting. And um, I just think, you know, we see an older, more mentally uh, calm Mike Tyson, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think... Uh, He's just older and wiser now, you know, and I enjoyed watching him fight and I would watch him fight a bunch of older guys. And uh, if he does decide to uh, fight, you know, some younger guys, I hope he finds success, honestly. Um, If he is able to beat the young guys and get to a, a world heavyweight championship fight, I hope God gives him the power to, to obtain, uh, obtain the championship and win the fight just because it's Mike Tyson and it shows that you could do anything at an older age and that's cool um but also you know it was just interesting seeing Mike Tyson fight because obviously I never watched him fight live you know like I never did and you always heard about Mike Tyson or you look back at his fights and then it's weird like seeing Mike Tyson fight you know I remember I'd like watch him like Am I going to see like a Mike Tyson knockout right now? Like you know, that was the that was the hope for fans around the world. That was the hope, and he came close a couple times, you know. And and it was funny, like he missed two nice shots and he bit his glove, and he knew he's like, oh, if I landed that, Jones would have been out. And especially with Jones getting tired, you know. One other thing I'd like to say though is the the two minute rounds I did not like. No. Didn't, I did not like it. Well, that's what they did. That's what they had to do, considering their age. Like we said, Tyson was fifty-four. Yes, but Tyson Jones fifty-one. In phenomenal shape. It looked like he could have went twelve rounds of two minutes, or could have went eight rounds of three minutes. Just in my personal opinion, and it almost looked like the whole fight was kind of set up to allow Jones to survive. Well, yeah, 100%. I think Mike, I agree with you. Mike Tyson could have gone the normal rounds. Roy Jones Jr. could not. Roy Jones no, Jr. No. looked like a dad in his mid-50s. He did not look yeah. in shape halfway through that fight whatsoever. And I also believe that, you know, that a three-minute round could have allowed Tyson to get a little more work done. 
it looked like right at the end of the round, he started to really be able to unload a little bit, and then the round was over. So that was a little unfortunate, and I hope next fight uh, that Tyson fights, they they have a little bit of a different setup, and the rules are a little bit different with the rounds and the, and the minutes, so that we, we can see a little bit more of Tyson's work and a little bit of a longer sample size. Um, but I'm excited, you know, and I think this is great eyes for uh, boxing. What did you think of his entrance? Solid. I personally wasn't expecting that. Well, what did you expect? Uh, him to just come down through. I mean, I guess given the times, there's no fans, so they had to create like an actual like WWE style entrance for the guys. Oh, that was a little. I didn't expect that, but I expected you know just a walk from Tyson. You know, no robe or nothing. Because um, I'm pretty sure he used to walk out with I think just nothing. I you know he had a rag over him, but. Uh, and he had that cap on his head, but um, I expect pretty simple from him. But yeah, the whole WWE like ring setup kind of thing was interesting. But I, I get it, you know, they kind of had to make something because otherwise it would have been super empty. So, do you think? Um, obviously, we've talked about some of the fights that could go down before we get into the whole celebrity winged fight that happened and took place that shocked everybody. Not really. Um, do you think that a possible trilogy between Mike and Evander could take place sometime in the future? Because he's training yeah. too. But, except yeah, he's yeah. not will- he's not willing to fight for anything less than 25 mil. Tyson got 7.5 million for this fight. Uh, Evander that. Holyfield's not even going to come close to that. Yeah, you know what? They, these guys are going to want the money to go in with Tyson and I'll be honest with you. I haven't really seen too too much of Evander or Holyfield. Um, although I, I and I think I even said in the summer that that would be a great matchup, just because I knew he was somewhat training uh, and he looked relatively all right. I don't know how great shape he is in, and we've seen Tyson fight obviously at that age. So um, I think it's a very different fight. I don't know what Holyfield's weight is like. Um, we don't know a lot of things. There's some some empty variables, but from what we're seeing from Tyson, I think this could benefit Tyson, uh, and he could maybe pick up uh, an unfulfilled win uh, against Holyfield. You know, having those two losses, and obviously, uh, you know, he bit his ear and the whole thing, and and especially how it was kind of just towards Tyson's tail end where he was falling off a little bit. Uh, especially just with some of the things outside of boxing and stuff. But now he's in a better mental space, and I think I like that fight for Tyson a lot. And uh, I think it could benefit him. But also, I don't know too much about Holyfield's situation, so I'd have to look deeper into that. Could you imagine, though, if Holyfield was able to get inside Mike Tyson's head and create and recreate that monster from 15 years ago, and then all of a sudden we have two guys in their mid-50s going at it and Tyson's like going after him like a little chihuahua trying to bite his other ear off? Well, I, I don't know if... Holyfield's quite that guy, though. You know, uh, he really wasn't that guy back then. I think just the feud happened just because he wanted to fight Tyson, and Tyson had that ego. And now Tyson's just, I think, a little bit of a different. Well, not a little bit, but Tyson's a different person. And Holyfield's always been kind of just a humble, quiet, hardworking guy. So. It would be interesting, though, if Tyson kind of brought out that ego just because he's lost to him twice and wants to get that win. Um, that would be interesting. But if there's ever a time to try and 
avenge that those two losses, it's definitely now. I, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, it would be just because of Tyson and Jones. Like, me personally, I didn't expect this to be a heavyweight battle between two great boxers. They're both in their mid-50s. They're both grandfathers, for crying out loud. But at the same time, it's Mike Tyson in a boxing ring. It's going to sell tickets. It's going to uh, sell streams. It's only going to sell streams right now with everything going on with the pandemic. But Mike Tyson in a boxing ring, if you could get Tyson versus Holyfield for a third time in 2021, that alone will sell, uh, that, that alone will make millions upon millions of dollars. It doesn't matter yeah. given the other circumstances that go into it. That, that'll that be a big time money grab for uh, Showtime and boxing. Definitely. And, you know, I didn't get to check out the, the final numbers for the pay-per-view against uh, Jones with Tyson, but I definitely think it would do more. But I also think, and we're going to get into it soon, uh, the Nate Robinson versus Logan or uh, Paul. Uh, that fight definitely generated a lot of pay-per-views that may not have been bought if they weren't fighting. And um, so I think if you were to do a Tyson versus Holyfield, you would somewhat need another big draw to help a little bit. What did you think of the commentary team? We had Mauro Ronaldo, former WWE NXT play-by-play voice uh, uh, for, for Showtime, as well as Snoop Dogg on color. There were, there were four broadcasters, never been done before. Yeah, it, it seemed like it was very unorganized from a broadcaster's perspective listening in. Uh, Snoop Dogg was probably the best color commentator out of all of them. I mean, he can relate to anybody you what really Mike Tyson was going through. Me off well, he was telling it like it was. He was very opinionated, obviously, and I think a lot of people would honestly agree, Mike, unfortunately. I know we, we were hoping for the best, but uh, I think I think he, a lot of people would agree in the sense with Snoop Dogg going out of his way in saying, and I quote, uh, this shit looks like uh, two of my uncles going at it at a barbecue. That's what he said about the fight. Yeah, look, you know, Snoop Dogg kind of, yes, he said it as it is, but it was so unprofessional that it kind of bothered me. And He's not a broadcaster. I, no, but you can't root for someone as you're commentating. He was, come on, Jones, get him, Jones, got to move out. You know, like, you can't do that. Like, I, I don't, that just bothered me, and... um Yes, I think he added some comedy to it and was a little bit funny and here and there, you know, saying some stuff. But I guess I just am very professional and, and serious with this stuff, so I don't, I don't quite like that. Um, but you know, you also have Nate Robinson and Paul fighting the celebrity type atmosphere a little bit, especially two retired guys like Tyson and Jones fighting. It's it's a celebrity atmosphere, so I get it. And you're also going to appeal to a different crowd, too, especially with Snoop Dogg. So I get why you do it. But as a fight fan, me personally, I didn't quite enjoy it. him. Well, I liked him, but just certain things. I, I think a lot of true fight fans will look at it from that perspective, too, Mike, because, again, it was a very celebrity-winged event. It was Mario Lopez as the host. We talked about Snoop Dogg on play-by-play -play, as well as other celebrities. I can't name them off the top of my head alongside Mauro Ronaldo. Um, what, and did you, what did you think of those two guys? Going back and forth, Ronaldo and Snoop Dogg? Uh, no. Uh, uh, just in general, though. Not going back and forth, but just how they did. 
I think, like I said, it was very, it was very, very unorganized. You know, it, it was very hard to have four voices talking all at the same time when you have a veteran yeah. like Mauro Ronaldo kind of trying to direct traffic in a sense as the play-by-play -play guy. Know, he, he did okay with that. I, I know he said a couple times, you know, so and so, what do you, did you think about this, or so and so, what do you think about what's going on right now? He did okay with. I think it just it's also hard doing commentary with people who haven't done commentary um another the, the fourth guy uh was israel adesanya um and he's never done commentary before and he said uh, although when he talked about fighting he was very good that was smart to bring him on just because he was able to talk about the fighting and he used to be a kickboxer so he obviously understands boxing um but they kind of kicked him like not kicked him out but they kind of he was kind of sitting there quiet a lot of the time. You almost forgot he was there because they didn't really include him too much, you know? And he's never done commentary, so he didn't, I think, know when to speak. So it was kind of tough for him. But when he did speak about the fighting, I thought he sounded very intelligent. Obviously, we've talked about him. His fight IQ is super high. Oh, yeah. Um, so I... You basically said it. Very unorganized. Well, it too, uh, not only was it unorganized, but two, four completely different personalities. Like, Mauro Ronaldo, I know he could handle himself, and he could handle anything that's thrown in his direction. But you just mentioned those two guys alone, Snoop Dogg and Adesanya. Two completely different personalities and two completely different worlds. Israel is so self-disciplined and self uh, matured. He's probably just sitting there just like, all right, I'm going to give my analysis and then I'm going to shut my mouth. Or Snoop Dogg, like he said, was completely biased. He's probably as high as a kite. Two completely <laughs> different people in their own two different worlds. Like, it just was not going to mesh well. Uh, but like we said, it was a celebrity event. Uh, the co-main event was a celebrity fight. Probably one we'll never see quite again. I mean, uh, Jake Paul, the brother of Logan Paul, they're both assholes. But Jake Paul... Uh, kicked the snot out of uh, former NBA uh, uh, spud wannabe, Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson got his uh, his his face clocked in the second round. You want to talk about that? He was out like a knight, out like a yeah, light, you I know, should say. You know when uh, when Robinson got dropped in the first, I was like, oh boy. Like I didn't even know if he was going to make it outside the first, and then you know he made it. And to the second, I was like, all right, maybe he recovered a little bit. And then he got dropped again. I'm like, Jesus, he's done. And, um, you know, and then he ended up getting finished in that round and out cold, like you said, like bad cold. You could tell he's never been knocked out before either. Um, I think you somewhat gain some experience when you've been hit before. And I think he really hasn't been seriously hit. And I think what you saw is that just such a lack of experience from Nate Robinson completely. Not his fault. It's just he. You know, he's never, I think, done as much, uh, you know, fighting as a typical boxer would. And not that Paul is great or anything, but just Paul has a little bit of experience. He has had a fight, a professional fight. Uh, that fight was in front of a crowd, right? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it was before the whole yeah. pandemic. And, and Jake Paul, yeah, so you got to give the devil credit where credit's due here. But Jake Paul's in tremendous fighting shape. Yeah, and he looked pretty good you know his his strikes look crisp um but here's the thing you know he fought a, a, a nate robinson who only had offense he only saw offense he showed no defense so you could tell that that's really all he worked on why because he's new um but also this is paul's only second professional fight let's see him fight a boxer all right 
he wants to talk. He's knocking non-boxers out. Let's see him fight a boxer. I'm ready to see him fight a boxer, an amateur boxer. And if he has success and he continues to improve, now he is young. He's 25. He could continue to build this career. He cannot push himself too fast. He's talking a lot of big names, and if he pushes them too fast, his career is going to go down the shitter. So he needs to make sure he builds this slow, like any fighter should, and especially in boxing. Why these boxers have so many fights on their records? Because they build themselves. They build a lot of experience. Boxing is a sport where you have to be good at boxing. You know, obviously UFC is... You can have your jiu-jitsu carry you a bunch of fights. Boxing, you've got to be good at boxing. So he's got to build himself slow and not take one of those big fights if he can get it too fast because he, if he gets wrapped on his ass multiple times in a row, uh, multiple fights, his career could go nowhere, you know. But like we, like you said, he looked good. And he, you could tell that he's got some experience and he, he's in great shape. Um, and he's young. The biggest thing is that he's young. He's got some time. So... Let's see where he goes, but I definitely think he's got to fight an amateur boxer who's got some fights, you know, not a guy who's never fought before. Now, from what I saw from his post-fight interview, he seemed very humble about it, kind of thanking Nate Robinson and all of, all of that nonsense, but did he actually go off on a tyrant and call out McGregor and all these other big names, or was it on Twitter? No, he called him out there. I watched it, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, you, you had a great performance, had a great performance, and you were very humble afterwards. You gained my respect, and then instantly washed it away. Now, did a lot of kids watch it not like that? Yeah, they loved it. And I think he thinks that it was a good move. Like, that was smart. Get my name out there. But you just pissed off a bunch of actual fight fans and actual fight uh, analysts and just people who love the sport. Like I, I genuinely think that like you just shit on people's doorsteps with with that comment. Like it's almost like you no, know, uh, why you know, am I disrespected? No, but like it's it's like disrespectful to the sport almost in my opinion. Like you got a two fights and you're calling out Conor McGregor. Like come on, man, Are you out of your mind? You got to be out of your mind. You step in with him, even though Conor's lighter than you. Okay, Connor's not going to cut weight for that fight. I get it. But Connor's still there. He's going to knock you out. Plain and simple. And I watched an interview with Jake Paul uh, before the fight, and he's like, oh, all these MMA fighters, this is why I'm calling them out, is because when they train, they have to focus on everything. And all I have to focus on is boxing. And if I fight them in boxing, I'll win. Okay, but you don't think that they're going to only focus on boxing in their camp leading up to your fight? And you don't think that their boxing skills that they've had for way longer than you have are, are not better than yours? I don't know where this guy's head at. Now, maybe he's just trying to blow smoke up people's ass to get them to get them fights, and that way he gets his name out there even more. But uh, I'm pissed. I mean, I, I was just going to compare him to McGregor in that sense, where Connor was constantly calling people out left and right. We saw these past few months, he threw out so many names. Nate Diaz, uh, 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 Silva, Anderson Silva, he, let's, Poirier, let's look at what Khabib. Done leading up to well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The difference yeah. between the two guys is that Connor McGregor, every time that he talked 
the shit that he talked, he always backed it up. And if he didn't back it up, he took it on the chin like a man. Jake Paul has fought and two fights, wanted, like he said. And wanted to avenge it right away. And, and right. did his best to try to as well. So, all right. Look, credit to Paul. He's got his name in our mouths. Let's see what he can do next. You know what I mean? But like I said, I want to see him fight a boxer. That's for sure. Was was this fight going to be competitive going in? Like, was Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson like a free for all? Like, was it a toss up, or did everybody assume oh, this that this wasn't this wasn't expedition or nothing? This was like they wanted to knock each other out, and this was like not set up to be a uh, false fight or anything. Uh, the only thing, the only difference, I, I think it was only supposed to go six rounds, maybe, or maybe it was eight, but. Um, it wasn't a full rank, uh, length fight. But if you were a betting man, who are you going with in that fight? Was my question. Was Jake Paul the clear favorite over Nate? Robinson? I was gonna make a. I was gonna make a parlay with Tyson and Paul. Okay. And um, I didn't end up doing it. You know, not a big deal. But what I will say is that why I was gonna go with Paul is just because I felt like he has had a pro fight before, and um, he looks in great shape. Supposedly, he's training with, you know, real boxers, real guys who have sparred with elite boxers. So, I thought maybe, you know, he's got more experience. Obviously, he's got one more fight experience. So, I was just going to lean towards him. Nate Robinson, just an athlete, really, you know. And obviously, we saw that. He's not a boxer. And he's new to it. He wore sneakers in the ring. He wore Jordan but, sneakers yeah. as he fought. Well, that was just for a look, you know. I think you could really, yeah. I don't think it affected him, do you? I, if it did, that's a that's a huge thing to go in there with, right? I mean, you're wearing Jordan sneakers while everybody else is wearing, like, their, their protocol training boots that, you know, boxers wear in the ring. And he's wearing Jordan sneakers yeah. for show. And if those affected him, well, how big of a dumbass are you? from a mental standpoint. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I, I don't know. That's a good that's a good point. I didn't really even think about that. I did notice he was wearing uh sneakers, but I didn't like think about it like, oh I wonder if it uh, affected him that much. But I don't know. I don't think it quite did. Maybe he couldn't move as well. But you know, the way he fought, he just like looked like he was blitzing and then when he kinda got hit he wanted to grapple up, you know, so you were definitely right on the sense of that was the first time he's ever been knocked out because when he was out, his body just completely collapsed. I mean, he just flopped. Yeah. It's like uh, yeah, it's like told. it's like if you or I got knocked out that night. Like that's you what it looked really like. You don't really see like a crazy knockout like that in boxing. I mean, you do see it, but like from amateurs, I feel like you don't see it that much. You know, which shows you the difference between Paul and Robinson for sure. You know. Um, I don't know. I just there was no defense from Robinson at all, really, at least in my eyes. But credit to Paul, it was a nice performance, honestly. It was. So Jake pa- Jake Paul picks up the win here. He's calling out all these big names. Uh, Logan Paul's on Twitter backing his brother up, as you know, any one of us would do. But they're both loud is now. Is he fighting soon? Is, is we'll the, see. Uh, and again, again, both Paul brothers, again, I don't really credit them that much. I'm not a big fan of either one of them yeah. from a personality standpoint or a social media brand standpoint. 
Um, but both of them are in tremendous fighting shape. I, I think both of them, if they had their heads screwed on straight and they became humble and uh, matured and self-disciplined, they could both actually make it in the boxing world if they wanted to, maybe even the MMA world. Who, who's to say that they can't do that? But with him calling out all of these big names and that's, one of them... one of them, a long shot, the, the, yeah, I know. the MMA... I'm throwing it in there, but they, they, they're in the fighting shape is what I'm saying. They definitely would have to train. They'd have to do their Muay Thai, their Jiu-Jitsu, all of that fun stuff. But they'd have they'd have to train with the right people, too. But it's possible. They're young. If they're young. They, they, they definitely have the promo skills to, to promote their fights. But, yeah, it's, it's a long shot, like you said. But what I was alluding to here was Jake Paul called out one guy in specific that we've already mentioned in Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor has his hands tied at the moment because it is official, Mike. January 23rd, I believe it is. Uh, it's going to be a UFC fight between Conor McGregor. He's back, coming out of his fourth retirement. Cannot wait for number five, Conor. Uh, it'll be Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, the second time that these two have fought, first time in a long time. Yeah, man, it's official, and I'm excited it's official. I don't know what took so long, and we kind of talked about it before that maybe it was because of Habib, and they were just trying to see what maybe they could do with him, or they wanted to see how he was feeling after he he retired, and I think they're going to give that some time, and, you know, McGregor versus Poirier is not for the belt, uh, but I'm so excited to see this fight. You know, this is obviously a better version of each fighter, but I just, I, I don't see how Connor loses, if I'm being honest with you. And I know I'm giving an early prediction, but I don't see what's going to change my opinion. I, I you know, Poirier has improved, but yeah, so has Connor. And um, Poirier is going to go in and strike with Connor. I, I can't imagine he's going to really go in there and try and just submit. Connor, and I think he, he will eventually, but he's definitely going to strike with Connor. He, I think he wants to prove it to himself and prove it to everyone else that he could strike uh, strike with Connor and maybe even try and outstrike Connor, and that's where it's going to give him a problem. Now, I do think he does also have it in his mind like, okay, I can see a path to victory. I can submit Connor. Poirier does have great jujitsu and submission game, but you have to remember Connor has great takedown defense has great clinch work and can get off the ground as well. Obviously, against Khabib, it's different, but look at what Khabib does to everyone. Um, so, I like Connor everywhere, to be honest with you, in this fight, and I'm going to take him, and I think he ends up finishing. I think he ends up finishing for you, and I'll, I'll, it won't happen in round one, probably, so let's bump it to round two or three. When was the last time Dustin fought? Because obviously the last time McGregor fought was a year ago against Cowboy Donald Cerrone, but he, he's retired since then. His mental mindset has changed numerous times in the past 12 months. Dustin Poirier never retired. He's always been in the fighting mind, the fighting game. What's next for him? When was the last time he fought? He fought against Dan Hooker, and I'm forgetting what month exactly it was, but he fought against Dan Hooker. It, went, it was a war. Um, went to decision and uh, you know it was a close fight Hooker probably won the first two rounds uh, and then I think Poirier stole the, the last three but um, it was a great fight and uh, Poirier you know there was talks about him fighting a bunch of other guys afterwards you know um, fighting 
Michael Chandler fighting Tony Ferguson and just even Justin Gaethje a little bit, but just nothing ended up uh, coming about. And then, you know, there was always that thought about, all right, well, it makes sense with Connor and it would be a great fight to make. Uh, so why not make it? And obviously, Connor's looking for a fight too. Um, and I think it's great to see that Connor is going to fight in the 155 division, which means I think he's hungry for that title. Um, and he's not that old, you know? I mean, yeah, he's not as young as he could have been when he took those, what, it was like a year and a half, two years off. Um, do I believe he wasted a little bit of time? Yeah, but he's still young and he's got time. And um, I'm happy he's staying relevant in the division. I think that's what that fight's for. And if he beats Dustin Poirier, I think he's number one contender, maybe tied with Justin Gaethje at number one contender, you know, right there. If they make a title bout and Khabib's not in it, I think Connor needs to be in the title fight. So uh, I like it for both guys. Now, if Dustin wins like you're saying that he, he might do, and if Khabib doesn't come back, would that be the interim title fight, the lightweight title fight, McGregor and Gaethje? Yeah, I think you do that. And especially since Poirier has beaten Gaethje, it makes it interesting. It's like, all right, has Gaethje, you know, changed? Well, obviously Gaethje has changed, but let's see Gaethje's improvements. And it makes sense. You know, Gaethje beat Ferguson. Um, they beat all the guys leading up to the title, except they just both lost to Habib. So it kind of makes sense. And it gives Gaethje a chance to avenge a loss against Poirier. And, um, so, yeah, that fight would 100% make great sense as well. I really think that this is kind of like the number one contenders fight, uh, Poirier and McGregor, because it, it allows so many opportunities for other fights to happen. So uh, you got to see. Now, obviously, Gaethje doesn't have an opponent right now. We know Tony, Tony Ferguson is going to fight Charles Oliveira, UFC 256. Michael Chandler also doesn't have an opponent. So can you make that Michael Chandler just Gaethje fight? I think you can 100%. Will they? I don't know. I think they're letting time go and not really rushing nothing. Obviously, Gaethje did fight not too long ago against Habib, so you could give Justin a little bit of time. And Chandler, I think, you know, he was he was going to fight, but I don't think he wanted to fight in December, so I think he wanted to wait. And uh, I think Chandler will probably be ready at the beginning of next year, and I'm assuming Justin will too. So there's that fight, but you also have to remember there's some up-and-coming guys like Dan Hooker as well. I mean, yes, he lost to Dustin Poirier, but he lost a relatively close fight. Um, so he's in the mix as well, and you got to see. And if Charles Oliveira beats Tony Ferguson, Charles Oliveira is thrown in that mix as well. So like we've said, the lightweight division is probably the best division, but, I mean, it keeps getting better, and there's always new matchups in the top five at least. Uh, to be able to be made. So that's pretty Have we heard anything from the Khabib camp since the last time we talked? A little over two weeks ago? Because like the whole thing was that he retired in the octagon, but at the same time Daniel White was like, Well, you know, like it was an emotional statement, maybe he'll reconsider. You know, if Connor wins against Dustin and he's next in line and that's a number one contender title shot, Connor versus Khabib for Khabib to get that even number of uh, undefeated uh victories would be very enticing, I feel like, for Khabib. You know, so many people think that. You know, a lot of people think that. And I and I even think it would be pretty good unless you're going to have 
Habib move up or have a legacy fight against GSP, you know, have the 170 fight or GSP. If you can't do those two, then there's, I think, really no one else except maybe Connor one more time. Now, I don't think he'll ever do that. I don't think he'll fight Connor a second time. I don't think he wants it. I don't think he wants to give Connor it. I just don't think he needs that. And it sounds like from his words that he's done. You know, uh, kind of going against what Dana White said, which is interesting because uh, you asked, uh, well, you don't ask, but DC said that he asked Habib and Habib said, yeah, brother, I'm done. Um, and Dana was saying differently, but then you also have a weird thing where Habib's manager, Ali, is saying, you know, Habib's not done. So it's kind of weird. I think everything's in the air. I don't, I think, what I really think is, is they're going to allow Habib to hold on to the belt as long as possible, see where, what he wants then, you know, because give it the rest of the year. All right, then give it a year, uh, a year from the beginning of the year, and you still could have Habib maybe have the title, especially have the internship or interim title. See what there is to make and go from there. I mean, you never know. Like I said to you before, Habib might want to fight in two years. A good amount of time. I don't think Habib wants to fight in a couple months. I think Habib wants a year and a half probably, um, at the very least. But I could see him eventually when some time has gone by being like, I'm still young, I'm still in good shape. Let me get that 30 you know, for my father. And he may. Or he may be content, um, which I could very well see, you know. But it's weird how everyone's going against each other with what they're saying. It's kind of interesting. I guess if you really do believe Habib, then uh, I think you have a right to be for sure. Very do, humble guy. Do you think he'd hold out for Tony Ferguson, given that we didn't see that fight six times over? See, that's the very interesting part. I mean, if Ferguson can somehow make a little bit of a run i mean i think he'd have to be i think he'd have to win this next fight beat connor and maybe poirier and wow i mean all right let's say this let's i'm gonna get a little crazy let's say he beats oliver right let's say and he's doing this all within let's say like a year and a half from now right so habib has a good amount of time Let's say he beats Oliver, he beats Connor. You have Poirier face Gaethje sometime, maybe around the same time that Ferguson faces Connor. And let's say Poirier wins and Ferguson beats Poirier. So he wins his next three fights. Um, then I could see it happening, but that also is going to have to take a lot of time. You know, stuff like that's not going to be real fast. And that's horrible. Like, you ain't beat all those three guys very easily at all. So, it's a long shot, but could I see it? Maybe. He's got a long road, though. Long, long road. Well, he's got a big fight, fight night coming up in two weeks, December 19th. December 12th is UFC 256. Mike will probably preview that one as well coming up. This was, uh, what, yeah, Tyson honestly. versus Jones, the review, as well as uh, McGregor Poirier preview. Preview about seven weeks out from that fight. Yeah, obviously, we'll. we'll jump into depth into you know that card but that fight's gonna be fun and why not jump into it a little bit right now um but yeah let's let's get a pod together for the next two uh ufc cards they're gonna be great i mean gonna be good ones
You know where to find me. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dude. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.